We've all seen the incredible horse and rider combinations as the backbone of our sport. But what about everything else that makes the equestrian world tick? From the everyday grind to the world-class professional, join the Equestrian Podcast as we talk about every equestrian discipline in a way that hasn't been done before. Now here's your host, rider, trainer, and influencer behind my equestrian style, Bethany Lee. Hey friends, and welcome back to the Equestrian Podcast. I'm your host, Bethany Lee, and this is episode 369. Our guest today was recently in Forbes 30 Under 30. She is the founder of Bloom Supplements and host of the Pursuit of Wellness podcast, which she just started in the beginning of this year. She is such a great example of fitness and wellness inspiration, as well as a newer equestrian. I have been following our guest for years now before she became a horse girl. So now it is so fun to see one of my biggest fitness inspirations now be a fellow horse girl. So without further ado, please welcome our guest today, Mari Llewellyn. Hello, how's it going? Hi, good. Thanks for having me. Oh my gosh. I'm so excited to have you on. I was trying to think how long it's been since I have followed you. And it's, I, it's literally been years. Like I was telling you before, like I, it was before you were married to Greg, you weren't like a horse girl yet. You were doing your fitness stuff and I was such a big fan. And now look at you. You're such a horse girl. It's amazing. <laughs> Which I had no idea that you followed me that long. I figured it was right when I got into horses. I mean, I found you, you were probably the first person I found when I got into horses because you had the fitness, you had the horses. I was like, oh, this is what I need. And oh, you've been, you have the best content. So I just want to oh. say Thank, Thank you, you. Oh my gosh. Thank you. Um, speaking of, I think before we get into your equestrian life, let's take it back. Um, tell me a little bit about, because obviously a lot of this started because of your fitness and wellness inspiration, your fitness and wellness journey. Tell me a little bit about like wh- why that's such an important part of your life. Take me back yeah. to the beginning. Yeah. So growing up, I moved around a ton. I was born in the UK. I lived in Switzerland for a while, moved back to the UK, moved to America. I've lived in like 12 houses throughout my life. So I had a pretty, just kind of a tumultuous childhood. My parents separated, Um, just an interesting household dynamic. And I feel like I struggled with mental health from a young age and it was kind of my normal. So I didn't realize anything was super wrong until I went to college. And in college, that's where I was exposed to drinking, partying, you know, relationships for the first time. And that's where I really noticed kind of this like underlying pain that I just had constantly. And I was definitely using partying to numb that pain. And I wasn't really sure why. And over the years at college, I it kind of got worse and worse. And I was ultimately diagnosed with borderline personality disorder, which is a trauma disorder. So kind of like PTSD, but something that happens over, um, it can be physical abuse, but it can also be small T trauma, like repeated emotional neglect and things like that, stressful household. So with that diagnosis, I was put on a number of medications 
And this was kind of like the rock bottom point of my life. I was self-harming, trigger warning, self-harming, really, really struggling. Uh, I had gained like a lot, a lot of weight and weight had never really been an issue for me. Um, I was failing every class. I was in my final semester of college and I had to drop out, which was pretty wild. Moved back home with my dad and kind of had a reality check of, you know, I don't have a degree. I don't have a career. I don't really know where I'm going in life. And it all kind of hit me that really I had gotten myself in this position and the only person who could get myself out of it was me. And I had to take full responsibility at that moment. And the first step I took to gaining control back was with health and fitness. And I think it was because it was something that, you know, I was making my meals every day. I was choosing my food. I was choosing what I did with my body. It was the first thing that I said, you know, I think I can actually make a change here. And I also was dating my now husband, Greg, who has been a bodybuilder for a long time. So I pretty much emulated his way of life because I'd seen him so dedicated for so long. And that was the first step for me on my fitness journey. And that that journey changed my whole life, truly. At what point did you start documenting that? I mean, I know I've seen a lot of like before clips and photos. At what point were you like, oh my gosh, I need to share this? It's funny because when I first started, I had 900 followers and I used social media to follow other fitness influencers, but I never posted myself because anyone who's been in that place, you don't want photos of yourself. You don't want like, I was terrified of being on camera. So my fitness journey for the first nine months was really personal and private. I didn't share it with anyone. Once I had lost a significant amount of weight, I ultimately lost 90 pounds, but I'd probably lost like 70 pounds at this point. I had a before and after photo that I was really proud of. I was like flexing my bicep, like I was like feeling myself and I sent it to Greg and he was like, oh my gosh, like look at all this progress you've made. You should share this on your social media. And I was so nervous. I was like, oh my God, like what are my 900 followers going to think? Like everyone's going <laughs> to see it. I was terrified. Um, and that was 2017. Wow. I posted that photo in November, 2017 and that photo blew up. For some reason, it really resonated with people and other big fitness pages were reposting it. People were responding and that started everything. Like that started my whole community. And from there, I've just kept sharing. And now the podcast is obviously the evolution of that. Um, but yeah, that's where everything began. At what point did you, because at the time, what were you doing for work? Where did it, where did it kind of get you to the place where you were like, oh, I could like do this as my job. Yeah. So I was actually working the front desk at Orange Theory Fitness. I was waking up at three in the morning, yeah. uh, making minimum wage, having heart rate monitors thrown at my face and sweaty towels and cleaning the bathroom, which truthfully taught me so much because before my fitness journey, I I did not have much of a work ethic. And I look back and it's so crazy because I'm such a different person now. Mm. But I was really someone who got by doing the bare minimum. And that job was the first time that I showed up every day and stuck it out and did every hour and gave it my all, even though every day was really hard for me. And it taught me a lot. So I'm really grateful that I had that job. 
I realized, you know, I was getting so passionate. I was really just passionate about not just fitness, but self-development, mental health, and this like realization that you could turn your life around yourself. I was like, I'm so passionate about this. I could totally do this for a living. And I was getting all these requests on Instagram for a workout plan. Everyone was asking me, what did you do? Please put it in a in a product. Like we want to know what you did. So I made a PDF guide, sold it for $5. And that was my first business. And I would literally manually email it to people. Wow. And then I know it was like a little crazy. I was on the phone <laughs> all day, like emailing. Um, and that was where everything started. And it's been really cool because I kind of turned this horrible thing that I went through into something amazing. So anyway. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, like 1.5 million Instagram followers later, here you are. And I feel like one of the coolest things, how did you take Bloom, your company, from an idea to a business? At what point in your journey did you start developing these products? So even during the actual journey, I found it really hard to find supplements that worked for me. I would go to a GNC or whatever and come home with all of these supplements and show Greg, my husband, and be like, what do you think? And he'd be like, oh, no, 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 take that all back. Like, this is full of caffeine. You already have anxiety. You don't need that. This has fillers in it. A lot of it also was super masculine and like intense packaging and just really intimidating. And I wanted something that was good for me and my community in the female space. So we started sampling a natural pre-workout in 2018, contacted a manufacturer in our area who had expertise in formulas. They did third-party testing. I told them what I wanted and I was sampling for a whole year. And then Greg and I did everything ourselves. We did the labels, we did the customer service, we did the website, we did the social media, and we launched January 2019 with our pre-workouts um, and they sold out and it, it was insane and I couldn't believe it. I can still remember the day we did it. We literally were like, okay, go, <laughs> let's launch. Um, wow. And uh, yeah, here we are today. We have 75 employees. We're in Target, we're in Walmart. It's like absolutely insane. Um, so cool. Yeah, I feel so grateful, honestly, that I'm, I'm in this position now. Yeah, absolutely. Well, let's hear a little bit about your equestrian journey. Tell me, had had you had exposure to riding horses as a kid? What made you get into starting it recently? So I'm so excited to be asked about this because I've never asked about this (laughs) in my normal life. You're a horse girl in the wild. (laughs) I know. Anyone who wants to talk about horses, I'm like, yes, let's go. Um, So growing up, obsessed with animals like always obsessed with animals in the UK I went to farms like every weekend that was kind of like the activity and I did horseback riding English horseback riding probably for a year or two when I was a kid I never got past trotting um, never anything crazy moved to the US when I was 10 I kept horse riding for a little bit but it was so expensive yeah and difficult to get into that we stopped but I always had this itch, like every, something about horses is just incredible. They're so beautiful. They're so calming. I've always been obsessed with them. So every time Greg and I would travel, I would drag him on like a trail ride or anything involving horses. 
And I remember specifically we went to Jackson, Wyoming, and we did this trail ride for three hours on horseback. And I got off and I was like, Greg, I could have done that the whole day. Like, I freaking loved that. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to pursue this. Like, I know it's weird. I'm, I'm at the time 28 years old. No one starts horseback riding when they're 28. <laughs> I'm going to do it. Yep. So I got back to LA and I remember I did a post and I was like, does anyone know of a barn I could go learn to ride at in LA? There's not a ton of options in LA. I mean, right. there's some like up in Calabasas, there's some in Malibu. I tried uh, a barn in Malibu. They were fantastic. It was just a small property. And they said, unless you want to compete, this might not be the place for you. Sure. So I ended up finding somewhere down in Orange County that I ride at now. And luckily, one of my followers actually reached out and she works at the barn. She's one of the head trainers there. And she basically took me under her wing about a year ago now. And I leased a horse, which I didn't even know what leasing was. I was like, I just figured I would borrow a horse. That's not really how it works. Right. <laughs> um, I was like, oh, okay, I'm renting a horse. Great. Mm-hmm. Rented a horse. Um, Cosette was her name. She was awesome to learn on. She was a school horse, a little bit older. Uh, in retrospect, I think maybe she's kind of done with the done with lesson life. She was yeah. a little older at that point, but fantastic to learn on. Anna, I just fell in love and the barn is an hour and 10 minutes away from me, but I'm down there pretty much twice a week, if not more. Nice. Um, and yeah, from there, I ended up buying my own horse and now I'm fully in, in love with this sport. Like wow. I'm just, Oh, that's so exciting. What would you say are like some of your riding goals? Oh, such a good question. People ask me that a lot and I think about it a lot. I want to at least show once. Mm-hmm. I, I I don't think that I'm like going to compete regularly or anything like that, but I just want to go to a show. I want to see what it feels like because Bo and I have been, and that's my horse's name, Bo, we've been working so hard together and I just, the improvement feels so good and just getting around a full course on him is such a good feeling and to be able to go and show would be so fun so I think doing a show I want to take a western lesson I mm-hmm. want to see what that feels like um, and try loping with yeah. Bo and just get a western saddle on him and see how that goes Um, and then honestly just keep doing it like I just want to keep it in my life forever and keep improving I'm definitely someone who's a bit achievement oriented so I'm trying to keep it fun and enjoyable Mm -hmm. because I find myself getting a bit intense I'm like oh I I didn't do well today like I need to come back and do (laughs) 10 times you know what I'm saying like I make it very intense I'm like you're doing this for fun (laughs) calm down it's a good Um, reminder but it is really fun to to see the improvement tell me a little bit about Bo how did you find him what's his personality like yeah Oh my gosh, I'm obsessed with him. So I was leasing a horse and we were just finding that like, number one, I was clearly obsessed. And my goal since I've been six years old has been to buy a horse. I've always said like, when I was a kid, I said I was saving my money for a horse and I never ever saw myself actually doing it. 
But I guess the possibility became more and more real as I was riding and realizing that the bond between you and the horse is so important. And you kind of want, I don't know, you want a partner while you're doing it and you Mm -hmm. want to have that special relationship. And I always just kind of felt like with the leasing, this horse isn't fully mine. So it's kind of difficult to, I don't know if that makes sense. Yeah, to to like completely attach. To completely attach because mm-hmm. I almost was like, I don't want to get upset mm-hmm. when I have to let go of this lease. So I was like, yeah, I'm open to trying horses. And I always knew that I wanted either a paint horse or like a unique, like a buckskin or something yeah. like that. Because I do kind of like that Western look. Yep. And I'm very personality oriented. I think maybe because of what I've been through in my life, I just love that like personal connection with a horse I find it very healing and I wanted a horse with a great personality my trainer Chloe uh went out and found I think three different horses one was a gray they were all geldings um a gray another one was oh what was he maybe a bay I don't remember and then um and then Bo and I couldn't believe she found an English paint horse that was and also I'm tall, I'm 5'10", and he's 17 hands, I want to say. So he's big. Yeah. Does that make sense? 17? Yeah, that's pretty big. Okay, so he's 17 hands. And um, I remember the day I tried all of them, I just immediately clicked with Bo. And in my wow. head, I was kind of hoping it would be him. <laughs> yeah. and, please uh, be the paint, please be the paint. <laughs> I was so um, the other ones were so sweet, but I remember going around on Bo and at that point I was still so new to the whole thing I could barely like canter properly and I remember going over probably like quite a large Cavaletti for me at the time and he just took me right over and it felt you could just tell that he was going to help me improve Mm -hmm. and I remember hearing the my trainer go oh that's that's the one for sure oh cool so from that moment, he was it. And then obviously we went through the whole vetting process and I was yeah. like, um, and yeah, it worked out. He wow. is a Polish warm blood. I believe he trained at Elven Star. Okay. And he was at a barn nearby and he, I guess he, the family that owned him before, unfortunately just couldn't afford to keep him anymore. Um, but I feel really lucky that I have him. He's 12 yeah. years old. Oh, perfect. Yeah. About three years ago, I drew my first sketch of the ponytail hairnet. This all stemmed from having years and years of wearing hairnets, also having long hair, not like that matters, but I often would wear my hair down. I have a very big head. I have the largest women's Sam shoot helmet and a ton of hair. So with all that being said, with a lot of photography and modeling with my equestrian style, I just like noticed a few things that just like didn't quite seem right when it came to the current line of hairnets in the market. I love, I really love wearing hairnets. I think it really helps an overall like classic and polished look. But whenever I wore my hair down, I noticed the inevitable blob of hairnet, the extra hairnet that just flops around in your ponytail. And I would try to tuck it in my hair tie, I would try to braid it into my braid, and it just was never quite right. So 
I decided to take matters into my own hands and it started a very long journey of getting a design patent and creating a brand new product. And that is my new brand, Ellsworth. Ellsworth is an equestrian accessory brand and my very first product is the ponytail hairnet. We just launched and I have been absolutely overwhelmed with the response. You guys love it and I am so happy because I love it too. What makes it so different is it is not only like softer and durable and I really love the six colors we came out with, but it has the patent pending elastic lined hole at the back of your head. So basically it completely takes away the need for another hair tie. I don't know about you, but I was always that girl growing up, eh, let's be honest, still today, that does not have a hair tie around her wrist and she is going around tack trunks, asking her barn friends for an extra hair tie. Well, with this design, you don't even need a hair tie if you don't want to because the elastic lined hole at the back of the hairnet acts as your hair tie. But because of this design, what it really does is remove the excess hairnet that flops around in your ponytail. So now you can wear a hairnet and wear your hair down or up. It absolutely works if you want to wear your hair up. But either way, you do not have to worry about the excess hairnet flopping around in your ponytail. So if you would like to take a look at the ponytail hairnets, they come in a pack of two for $16.99 and they're available on my website. My website is Ellsworth Official. That's E-L-L-S-W-O-R-T-H official.com. What do you feel like has been your experience picking up a new skill as an adult? Like something that maybe a lot of people around you start when they're five years old. Such a good question. And I think adult hobbies are so important. It Honestly, it's the first thing I've done for fun in a while. And I think I hit a point with my career where I realized I was working constantly, working out constantly. I didn't really have any hobbies outside of my job. And I was like, I really need to tap into this inner child. Like that was a really big part of my journey. And animals has always been something for me that is an underlying passion, something that brings me joy. So picking it up initially, I would say was very intimidating. I was riding at a barn that has 16 year olds who are freaking incredible and competing yeah. at super high levels and are flying around me in the ring. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I look like an idiot. <laughs> but it's, and also I know the horse community can be a little bit judgmental at times. And I was mm -hmm. aware of that. And I was just like a little bit, yeah, a little bit intimidated, but I'm so happy. I think almost I went into it a little bit naive too, because I didn't quite understand the whole industry yet. And I think that's good because I went there purely for the joy of it. Totally. And my goal at the beginning was, oh, it would be so cool just to canter. And I was like, oh, it would be so cool just to get over a little jump, even if yeah. it's time. And I can't believe I've been doing it for a year now and I'm doing both of those things and it just feels so, so good. And I've now gotten to know everyone at the barn. Everyone's so sweet and so supportive. And honestly, I've loved every step of the way. It's been been really incredible and I'm I would encourage anyone listening who is an adult to tap into those passions you left as a child because it it is so fulfilling and fun. How do you feel like this past year with riding has influenced your skills as an entrepreneur and leader in your business? 
Oh, such a good question. I think it's, again, reminded me to tap into that inner child and it's okay to play and have fun. Mm-hmm. And it brings it brings out a side of me that I feel like is so genuinely me and makes me feel more confident to be myself in a podcast interview, in a meeting. Um, when I am at work, I just feel more myself because I'm tapping into every side of me. I also think with horseback riding, there's a sense of like bravery that comes into it because I mean, it's not for the faint hearted. That's something I've realized because seriously, watching it on the ground, it kind of looks easy. But when you're up there, you're like, oh my gosh, I'm flying around. I'm jumping over poles. I'm on a 1500 pound animal. This is insane. Right. So there's a sense of bravery that comes into it that I feel like if I can sit up there and stay on this horse, then I could probably handle everything else in my day too. Mm, That's so true. Perspective. Yeah, 100%. And also seeing these girls who are like tiny and they're up there and they are like powerhouses on these horses. Mm -hmm. I just think that's so inspiring. So Definitely. I feel like there's also something to be said. Um, I think you and I might be a little similar in the sense of like, being more business minded. And I find that while I am so passionate about many things and I have multiple businesses, I also, it can also be very challenging because I tend to fill every millisecond of my day. And so for kind of forcing yourself to do something just out of pure enjoyment, I think is just a great skill to practice. And then I feel like it refreshes you doing something like riding where you can just, and uh, riding's part of my job, but something about just being on a horse, it just, it's like a reset for me. 100%. You're not on your phone. Mm -hmm. It isn't, I mean, in my my case, it's not necessarily productive to anything I'm doing work-wise. It's simply for my enjoyment. And it's a little moment of like, this is for me, you know? Totally. Yep. Um, Being an equestrian also comes with a responsibility to treat ourselves like the athletes that we are. Um, Obviously, horse being athlete and rider being athlete. What has been your experience, um, obviously coming from such a fitness heavy background? What has been your, uh, your experience with fitness, nutrition, wellness, mindset when it comes to riding? Oh my gosh, such a good question. I feel like going into it I assumed that because of my fitness it would be easier yeah it was not yeah (laughs) sure um I was out of breath after every round around the ring like I was really struggling and having to take breaks and just kind of noticing that the cardio aspect of it but also the little muscles that you need when riding like the inner part of the leg and totally posture and and core all of these things were like kind of challenging to me and I was surprised because I thought I'm so strong in the gym I'm surely going to be strong up here and just realizing it's completely different was very eye-opening for me however I'm sure the fact that I do have that mind muscle connection from the gym has been helping me um I would also say in terms of mindset realizing how important it is before I get on the horse and in the ring if I am having an anxious day, I do notice it impacts my riding so much because Bo is feeling everything I'm feeling. Isn't that so crazy how they they just know and they can feel it? 
It's insane. I read somewhere that they can hear your heartbeat up to four feet away from them. Oh my God. Isn't that unreal? That's unreal. He must be like, girl, are you okay? What's going on? Oh, down. Because <laughs> I'm always anxious. Um, I've just noticed on the days where I, it, it's helped me have that self-talk and find that confidence because you kind of need to be sure of yourself when you're up there. You can't totally. be second guessing your your plan when you're going around a course. Like you really need to be sure of yourself. And I've noticed like taking some breaths, having some positive self-talk before I get in there is really important because it makes such a big difference. So oh, yeah. And also I I'm such a big uh I'm such a big advocate for healthy eating and I feel like it's really important with riding too. Like I just feel like the the better you feel, the better you're going to ride in general. Definitely. And yeah, and tell me about that because and I think as you maybe start showing a little bit, you'll see this even more. Um the lifestyle of an equestrian, especially one that is doing it on like a very full-time capacity, um, is traveling 50 weeks of the year, is constantly horse showing, has maybe one day off a week, long days. Um, the horse show food isn't the healthiest. What has been your experience with that? Because yeah, I would also agree that the the average equestrian's eating habits and you know lifestyle is just very challenging totally agree and I have to say I get why it's so challenging now that I can see the schedule of someone who's in this industry and how much they travel I have so much empathy for that being difficult and obviously there's not a ton of options at the horse shows I've been to a couple and noticed that myself And every time I go to the barn, because it's so far away, I bring a lunchbox. I bring my healthy lunch for the day. I always bring my big Stanley cup. Like I kind of need to put a lot of effort in in order to stay healthy while I'm at the barn. Mm -hmm. And I know that can be so challenging, especially while you're working. Um, But it did kind of surprise me how unhealthy the industry is, I guess, because it is such a challenging sport I imagined I guess that the fitness and nutrition would be top of mind so I definitely was surprised that it wasn't as emphasized I guess and looking into it I found pages like yours and other YouTube channels that teach um, exercises in terms of horseback riding but it definitely isn't as prominent as I expected and I I find that I am like one of I think the only person at my barn that like brings a salad and, mm-hmm. and puts puts the effort in for the healthy food. Um, I don't know. I'm still learning about that side of it. I'd love to hear what, what your thoughts are too, because I was a little taken aback. But I guess when you're traveling that much, it is really challenging. It's super challenging. And something that I've also noticed is I can find myself getting into the other end of the spectrum where like, I don't want to eat any of the stuff, but I also haven't prepped because I, you know, you, you wake up at four thirty in the morning and you go to bed at eight 30 and you do it all again, that I will just find myself like not eating all day and then have a giant dinner, which like, isn't good either. So it's like, it's really a struggle. I mean, you definitely have to take the time to really plan ahead and that's, it's definitely not normal. Yeah. And I guess when you are taking care of such a high maintenance animal, it's like that comes first and mm-hmm. you kind of end up forgetting about yourself. Yeah. 
but me and my trainer always joke about it because she does the same thing she'll just not eat the whole day and I'm always like Chloe you need to eat something but yeah it's definitely interesting to me and I would be curious to learn more about that side of it yeah absolutely I mean that's kind of I mean bloom can help out be something <laughs> a lot of the I will say a lot of the girls at the barn will take their greens yeah like it's fine we're taking our greens <laughs> so I do I try to bring a lot of bloom to the barn to make sure they're at least getting some greens in. that's amazing I love it what would you say is an area of the industry that you've become passionate about that you feel like the rest of the horse world either doesn't know a lot about or doesn't talk that much about such an interesting question I I think being in English writing, it feels very competitive and very disciplined. Mm. And I guess the aspect of it that I love so much is the therapeutic connection that I have with the horse. I feel like it's such a bond and such a crazy, like we were talking about, the way they sense every emotion. And I think the benefits mentally of being around horses is so powerful and I know some people talk about it here and there, but to me, it's profoundly the most important part of my whole experience mm. with it. So I guess that aspect, and I'd love to learn more of the science behind why that's the case and maybe ancestrally why we have this pull towards horses. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I think that would be my answer for that's that. That's so good. Can we like plan a tr- like a group trip and like go out West and just oh. gallop around? I have to tell you, I literally was on the internet last last night or two nights ago, and I'm just obsessed with dude ranches. Yes. And I, I want to go for like a week and just ride for the entire week. Seriously. There's like programs that are out west. I think it's during the summer and they you help migrate horses like across the state. And I'm like, sign me up. <laughs> I mean, is that not a dream? It's a- no, totally. us this is the dream and then I'm (laughs) running to my husband I'm like babe listen to this vacation and he's like I don't want to do that (laughs) yeah exactly exactly I made my husband come with me I went to Morocco um last year on a horse like a horse tourism trip and it was absolutely we were like literally scaling mountains like it was unreal um and that was like his second time riding I'm like you are such a trooper but (laughs) Listen, if you're down, I'm down because I can't find anyone to go to a dude oh, ranch. I am so down. Let's do I, I think I know a few other horse girls that might be in also. Oh, I, I love and I want to learn to lasso. I want to do the, Seriously. I want the whole experience. Definitely. I love that. I love that aspect. Even though I'm a hunter jumper trainer, I'm like any chance that I can like take a dressage lesson or ride Western. It's just so fun to learn other. I'm going to play polo this winter. Like just doing something different is so cool. Yeah, like why not? Anything right. on a horse, I'm down, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Well, Mari, thank you so much for taking the time to come on and share your story. It's been so fun finally talking kind of in person, more in person than we have. But I love this. And I really think we're onto something with the trip. So let's make that happen. 100%. Thank you so much for having me. All right, that is all I have for you today. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you liked what you heard, please take a minute and write a review on iTunes. I would so appreciate it. It helps people like you find the podcast and it helps me get some killer guests. Thank you so much and I will talk to you next week.